Picture this. Medical practices seamlessly harnessing data from diverse sources, streamlining operations, and using actionable insights to enhance patient outcomes, sustainability, and profitability. In this episode of Talking Health Tech, I catch up with Chris Smead, the driving force behind Cubico, a company that's transforming medical practice support with innovative partnerships and data-driven solutions. In this episode, we talk about the challenges of extracting insights from disparate systems, the impact of cloud-based APIs and connectors in bridging solutions, and the critical role that health tech providers play in helping streamline workflows in medical practices. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or ten minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual, or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode, or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. G'day, Chris. How are you going? Mate, so good to be back on the podcast. I feel like this is like a, a little bit of a yearly or 18-month check-in rite of passage for a small health tech growing up. I used to have these uh, check-ins with dad every so often. <laughs> well, look, we've got to sort out our, uh, our our recall system on the podcast because, yeah, like you say, it has been over 12 months now, so we're overdue for a check-in. We have been doing stuff, obviously, with the Medicubes podcast, which I'm sure we'll talk about in this chat, and you were involved in our recent summer summit and, and other things. Can't get rid of me. Bad smell. Just keep hanging around. <laughs> but there's so much to talk about, so we'll have to be selective in, in terms of what we what we choose to chat about. But there's a few episodes in the back catalogue that people can check out to learn a bit more about Chris and Cubico and probably from the early days and, and hear about the journey. So we won't go too much into that. We will link that up in the show notes for people to click through and, and check out. But Chris, tell me about what's been happening in the past kind of 12, 18 months with Cubico, where you're at now. Mate, I think uh, the, thinking back 12, 18 months, I realized that the first of those six to 10 months was nothing but talking about COVID and vaccinations mm-hmm. and what yes. we were doing in that front. So I know last time we spoke, I was actually in Darwin doing some accreditation visits because Queenslanders were the only people who could get into the Northern Territory at that point. So yeah, we came, we did a lot of stuff around vaccinations, which was which was really insightful for the practices we work with. And, and we hoped got lots of needles into arms and support again, needles into arms all around the country. So that kind of destroyed our backlog and what we were going to do for 18 months. I think as a lot of general practices will, would resonate on that, that everything went out the door and we just focused on COVID for yeah. a while. But since then, mate, we're now a team of 27, which is pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah. When we first started chatting, I think we were four. So 27 I was people. Say, it was it was you wearing many hats back in the day. <laughs> you're probably still wearing many hats, but. Yeah. So bald head makes it easier to, to slide them on and off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so we've got, we've got 27 people all over Australia. So we've got some up in Cairns, someone in Orange, someone in Canberra, and then, uh, and HQ in Brizzy in the Valley, which is lots of fun. So that's been good. And, uh, one of the biggest things, two of the biggest things we've done is, uh, launched our specialist product. So, um, we actually partnered with the Genie crew 
and built a BI platform for specialists from the ground up, which was which was a great learning experience and, and really, really had to learn a lot about what specialist practices were. My old general practice hat uh, had a lot of knowledge mm. to gain. For those that haven't gone back and, and learnt about Cubico and the space that you're operating in, but maybe it perked the ears of a few specialists or those that yeah. know the Genie platform, how does Cubico interact with Genie? What's that for? Give, yeah. us, the, give us the spiel. The spiel. Yeah, I'll try not to sound too marketing. Um, you, know, you can download a brochure if you want the full marketing, marketing speak. Uh, what we do is we plug into Genie at a really base level. Um, and we worked with them to develop a whole lot of fire APIs to feed data from, from clients that are that are on Genie into, we actually call the product Insights, powered by Cubico, because it's so different to regular Cubico. With that data, we love to say we're the reporting best friend of a practice. So if you don't know what's going on in your practice, whether that's GP or specialist, how do you manage it? How do you do something in the practice? Gone are the days of just a gut feel. So we take all that data and we do two main things. Amazing reporting. So all those insights that are really important to run a successful practice. And we love to pair those insights with things you can actually do with it. And I love to say the analogy is you might go to your accountant once a year and you might see your accountant once a year and you get a report back and that's good. And you might get a few things to do then, but often it's too late to take action. So everything we produce in, in insights and in Cubicode is designed to sort of pair with things you can do in your practice to uh, either you help patient outcomes or increase our sustainability and profitability. Got you. And where's that at now? So you've you've built out Insights by Cubico, as you mentioned. Yeah. Do I get the name right? Mate, on brand, on brand. So good. <laughs> got to got to got to keep on brand. But the and so that that's being used by specialists now today. Yeah, I think we have over thirty using the product. We went through a twelve month beta, which was fantastic. We learned so much during that. And we're heading towards a, a GA um, in the next couple of weeks. So by the time you listen to the podcast, it's probably in general availability. So you can contact yeah. the Genie team. One of the cool things is we know that Genie knows specialists really well. So all the uh, sales and marketing and part of the process is looked after by Genie, which is fantastic because it makes it really easy for their customers to have it all in one really tight ecosystem rather than having to talk to too many people. Yeah. Hey, this would probably tie into some conversations about Halo, but maybe just to set the scene a little bit more, yeah. look, no doubt this whole engagement with practice management systems and how Cubico ties in with those is pretty critical to, to your business model. You're not a practice management system, but it's pretty reliant on the information coming from that. How have you found the whole process of sucking data out of, of Genie yeah. and then putting stuff back in and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, look, I think probably last time we spoke, we used to just do best practice. Cubico now does best mm. practice and medical director, which is fantastic. So it was, when I went through my big things the last 12 months, it was going to be the next thing I was going to mention. We've got data flowing from Genie and really soon we're going to have data flowing from a dental PMS. So we've now got data flowing cool. from a whole lot of PMSs, all with different structures, all with different databases all with different ways of connecting, which is really interesting because as a company where a customer sees value from us is in the metrics and the dashboards that we produce, but actually where a lot of our effort mm. goes into is actually just getting the data into our platform, into our systems in a safe, secure and privacy compliant way so that we can produce those insights. And I think someone said it's kind of like building a house. We have to spend a lot of time in the foundations before we can do the really nice stuff that you see come out of the ground. So it's been a journey. Everyone's a bit yeah. different different models, different approaches. We're really lucky. We only read, we don't write. So Cubico is a bit lucky on that front. But for us, it's, it's yeah, just uh, having lots of different data models is often a lot to, lot to keep up with. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years. 
all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. And when you say, you know, Cubico reads, it doesn't write. So it's, it's taking the information. So if, if I'm a, a GP or, or mm. I'm working in a, in a clinic, I'm basically looking at uh, the insights from Cubico, all that data that's that's there is actually just coming from my my practice management system. It's not, you know, things I, I plug into to Cubico. No, so we take data from the practice management system. We take data from Zero and other accounting systems. We take data from uh, Tanda and other HR systems. We take data from other amazing health techs like uh, the Better Consult team and and uh, and Surgical Partners. And what we try to do is bring it all into one easy to understand place where you can get that, you know, overview of the reporting and drilling where you need to. But, you know, for the, the medical record keeps residing in the practice management system, which is really, really important for our privacy and governance framework, that we're not making a second patient record. We're just interpreting the data that lives in their primary health record. And look, I'm going to guess that's pretty on theme with what practice managers and what clinic owners kind of need. I remember from my days of speaking with practice managers, clinic owners, and directors of, say, GP clinics. If you're talking about a piece of software that a, that a clinic is using, yes, you'll talk about the features and benefits and the things that it does, but always the conversation would end with, well, does it connect with this system? And, you know, what, like I use my practice management system on a day-to-day. What does that kind of connection look like? So this whole connection with all the, the moving parts thing within a clinic is, is so important these days, right? Yeah, and it's quite interesting. We often get requests saying, so uh, I'm going to give you an example. One of the most requested metrics we get is, Chris, tell me, and this is particularly in the general practice space, tell me how our patients found our clinic, our new patients found our clinics. And in the PMS, there's actually nowhere to record that. And practice will say to me, oh, well, we'll just put like a tick sheet or Excel thing at reception and all, we'll fill it out in Cubico and we'll send it back to you. And we found week one happens all the time. Week two starts to taper off. By week four, no one's doing it because the lives in healthcare are already just so hectic. So our real remit is to use what data is available, not to make more work for people. So often we can maybe find a proxy indicator or a different way to get that answer out wanting to know where patients come from. But by using existing data sources rather than making more work for already busy practices and practitioners. That's what I love about speaking with you, Chris. Often all the solutions that... that cubicle or whatever you're working on that comes from a place of understanding that workflow and what it feels like on the front line as a, you know, 
It's been a while since you were, are you still doing the practice management stuff? Or are you, no, are you, mate, I, uh, we've got 27 or... people at Cubico and seven at Halo. So there was no room was to, to do that anymore. So I had to, had to let that go, but still very active part of the community and still so lucky to work with so many practices. And, and we now also have five practice managers um, on staff at Cubico. So there's six of us now. I can just say our Christmas rosters are spot on with six practice managers organizing the Christmas <laughs> roster. <laughs> of course. Spot on roster, spot on <laughs> roster. So um, but I've, I think uh, yeah, there'd I get be no excuses for, for. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, and we have a schedule for this and a roster for this. And look, I love some of the debates we have about MBS and eligibility and ways people do stuff in practice. Mm. Um, I think that's really awesome because uh, if you're not this close to your customer and what they want, why why would they subscribe? I think that's a really important yeah. part of building technology is you've got to make sure you're delivering what's important to people so they keep using and wanting your product more and more. I think the important question as well is in the Cubico lunchroom, are there biscuits in there? That's going to be the real test about how aligned you are. <laughs> I, we have a snack wall of different okay. uh, different snacks. Right. Uh, so we, we graduated from biscuits to snacks. Um, and I can tell you the twisties well, go quickest. It's the twisties. And sometimes <laughs> we treat ourselves to the Red Rock Deli mini packs. Um and they're gone in like oh, an hour. So um, yeah, geez, yes, we're, we're a... leveling up now. Oh, look, yeah. it's a uh, snack uh, central. And hey, thinking about them for those practice managers, the busy ones, and, and I think about resources and the tools. You know, we've been working on the Medicubes podcast, Medicubes, uh, the podcast that's part of the Talking Health Tech Podcast Network. Uh, you know, people can find it, and we'll link it up in the show notes yeah. as well. It's a show that you host with with Rifka and Kim as well. We've, by the time this episode comes out, season three would be pumping through. We've had some great guests on there that you've, you, you, we're building up this really cool resource for practice managers to be able to understand the landscape better and, and really kind of dive into some of these, these specific issues that are shaping how a clinic is run on a day to day. And you know what, what I love about it is that um, I think there's a little bit of fatigue to so many webinars. And I know sneaking away yeah. to do a webinar was often a bit tough in practice. The great thing about a podcast is you can chuck it in your ears and do it while you're doing other things on the way to work or exercising and things like that. So we've had a lot of feedback that that's been a yeah. fantastic way to do it. And the other bit unloving is that um, we get to get to know people more than what they present in a half hour or one hour webinar that's very factual. And, and knowing the why and the how and the, and the what it meant to people, I really connect with it because it helps me when I'm trying to change culture and ways of working the why is really important. So we've had some fantastic yeah. guests and and quite a few coming up. And, and I know you were one of our guests too. We did a bit of a deep dive with you. So that was that was that was awesome as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think as an example, the the recent episode with Miranda, the the president of the AAPM, right? A lot of practice yeah. managers would know the the Australian Association of Practice Managers, um, practice management, I should say. Uh, and the um, you know, but but not everyone would have the opportunity to sit down with her for 30 minutes. She'd be a busy person, but being able yeah. to, to hear her why and the backstory there, it's a great, great resource. And we've, and we've had some fantastic practices come on and share their stories, the, the practice in the ski fields and things like that, that um, sometimes I think in general mm. practice, we're all in our own little bubbles doing our own thing, which is what we're kind of doing to, to make things happen. But just hearing how other people do it, I find that invigorating and just really like, gives me enthusiasm to share uh, what's happening and, and what we can do more of together. Yeah. Hey, then thinking, look, you got, you got full flight with Cubico. We've got the, the, the Medicubes podcast that you're, you're actively doing as well. And, you know, you, you were doing a lot of practice management stuff, engaging in the community, but you, 
this Halo thing, like, where did this come from? Tell me about. We haven't spoken about Halo on the podcast. This is a pretty big deal. But like, what, what's yeah. what's what, what is oh, this? mate, it was just my spare time. He just decided to do something in my, in my spare time. <laughs> uh, no, I can tell you the honest, truthful story about where it came from. I ran a practice, and our servers were not the newest of servers. We were we were we were, didn't have a lot of money in our practice, and um, so you know, infrastructure was really really tight in our practice. And I quickly worked out that, yes, we had one uh, PMS instant running in, in best practice, but then we had 12 add-ons all running on the same server to transact with that database and, a, and an external product. So, you know, we had an app online that was transacting with our online booking vendor. We had an app that was transacting with Cubico. Mm. We had apps delivering pathology. We had apps delivering imaging reports. We had apps doing secure messaging. We had apps just doing everything, pre-consult screens. You know, every uh, amazing bit of health tech, and you've had so many of them um, on this podcast, if they wanted to interact with the PMS, had to put another piece of software on the server to transact with that local um, SQL database. So learning yeah. out a bit now, but, but go with me. Um, which is actually like not great for the server, but actually for all these amazing health tech companies is a really sad and poor use of resourcing. Like, why do we all have to build these on-prem connectors and all keep them up to date? And when they go down, we all call the practice IT company to try to get them back up and running and things like that. It just, (laughs) it wasn't contributing new knowledge to what we did as an industry. It was just, you know, everyone had this sunk cost of building a connector. Um, So I was like, Mm. what if we built one, like, awesome connector that protected the practice's server number one? So to me... um, Transacting with a practice server, the worst thing I can ever do is slow down a doctor seeing a patient because that's just not useful and that's terrible in a practice. So slow down a receptionist loading the appointment book. So we wanted to build a connector that protected the server but then provided some awesome cloud-based endpoints so that amazing health tech and, and ideas that haven't even been thought of yet or you know were just being created um, over the last few months and years didn't have to go and build an on-prem connector could just use REST-based APIs in the cloud to, to connect to. So um, went away, we built that connector and we built the cloud-based infrastructure um, and basically gave best practice its first ever set of um, REST cloud-based APIs to start transacting with. Wow. That's unreal. And the, the such a... I, I love the way you think about, you know, buildings. And you're right in terms of we're at this funny stage where you know all of these i guess if you come from outside of healthcare and think about uh, all the different tools and systems we use you know you're using jira or you're using a practice a, a, a project management tool like a like a monday or, a, or a whatever and, and and they all kind of just speak to each other and if they don't speak to each other you can use a tool like zapier or something and you just I love my zapier. Put the two yeah. things in and it yeah Right. But there's nothing like that that's kind of in health because the practice, particularly in the outpatient side, because mm. the practice management systems are, are sitting, you know, in a in the server under the, the computer, or like, sorry, under the desk yeah. in, the, in the thing. And so how do you get something a bit more, you know, modern that's, um, you know, more, more, some of the more recent tools that have come out about bookings or mm. other apps, you know, in the dermatology space that, I, that I'm familiar yeah. with and other ones, the way they've, that they've got to speak with the clinic is, through a, an in-between, but rather than being a lot of little in-betweens, being that kind of um, catch-all for everything, that, that makes yeah. and taking the, the load off the practice, that makes a lot of sense. And I'd say that, um, I'm going to say, on-prem is not a barrier for interoperability. So it's really mm. easy to say because everything's not in the cloud, we can't be interoperable. 
You actually just need to bridge that last bit and then things can be interoperable. Um, so I think I got sort of, uh, I, I wanted to, that bridge to be easy because, you know, I know when I started off my company, finding the money to build the on-prem connector, because it's not a really common skill set anymore either, building in .NET, you know, or any sort of on-prem languages. Everyone's building in the, in the cloud, as you said now, Pete. Wasn't, wasn't a great use of time. So it was a real barrier. So yeah, we went and built it. And, um, and then we're really lucky that, that BP got on board and helped um, supercharge it. Um, and, and it'll be deployed in an upcoming BP release. So every practice um, will have Halo built into their best practice, which would be amazing uh, when you want to engage um, with different cloud-based vendors or interoperability things and interoperability projects that we see coming down, down the pipeline all the time. Yeah. That's really exciting. I think about though, is that, you know, that's one thing that we've talked about for years and years in, yeah. in general practice uh, is it's not on the cloud and it needs to be on the cloud, as you say, uh, you know, and, and you're saying, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a barrier to interoperability that everything's not on the cloud. And, you know, I've heard from all the different practice management systems, there's a, either they're on, they've got a cloud product, but they've also, they're also supporting their on-prem thing. And there's a journey to get everyone on the cloud. And one day we'll all be, living on the cloud is this so is halo just this kind of interim you know company that that exists to solve this problem or is there like yeah. this oh mate, this is this is this is part two of the idea solution. yeah no it's a great question so i yeah. um, obviously built it now to solve that last mile problem of connecting to the practice server mm. um but then what we're doing is we're mapping all our uh, rest and fire endpoints to the on-prem versions of these products and their cloud-based versions of these products and what that means is yeah. uh, where capital scarce, where resourcing is scared, you don't, scarce, you don't have to build things two or three times. Build it once, hit an amazing endpoint. And our hope is that endpoint will connect to all PMSs, that, as many PMSs that we can get involved as possible, whether they're cloud or on-prem or different providers. Imagine if you, you know, picking a really silly example, but an example, imagine if you wanted to build an app that could find an appointment. Why should you build five versions of that app for five different PMSs, whether they're cloud or on-prem? What about if you could build one version of the best appointment booking app ever? And we took a bit of that, took after the plumbing of, you know, sending it to the right PMS and finding getting the result back. That to me is the vision. Because then everyone can focus on doing the amazing stuff that helps patient outcomes, that helps make the industry more sustainable, rather than building five connectors every time they want to, want to do something. Yeah. Wow. You know, there'd be the, a lot of um, people... Totally agreeing with you with that one for sure. Um, that's really exciting, and, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be you know best practice also a, a big supporters of, of Talking Health Tech, and no doubt we'll we'll be learning more about Halo in the coming months on this podcast too. So we'll, we'll keep an ear out for that. Um, and I think about other kind of partnerships and connections and Cubico. I've seen a bit uh, of of stuff that Cubico has been doing with Commonwealth Bank, also a THD Plus member. So there's there's some stuff happening with CBA there as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool partnership we've done with CBA. Um, and I always love to start off by saying no Cubico data goes to the bank and the bank doesn't get access to any Cubico data. Um, we were really insistent on that from the start. So I just always love to, to start a conversation with that way. Um, but we're a small company, we're a startup. So we partner with, with the bank um, so that what they're doing is Combank Health um, is doing some awesome work in the payment space and also reinventing product for healthcare. Um, and over the next uh, little while, and maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I can't guarantee it. Um, if you're a customer of Combank Smart Health, you're going to be able to get a, a version of Cubico um, all through your Smart Health portal. Once again, all the data stays separate, 
Uh, but what it means is it just makes it easier. Instead of having all these different bills, all these different people, all these different things, having it all in one spot is pretty exciting. Um, so that's been a great way for us to sort of start leveraging what we do to, to, to a wider audience. Um, and then they've also just been really helping us getting out and helping practices with education and workshops and events and stuff like that. So that's been really fantastic for us as, as a small business to be growing with, with a bank behind us. Um, one of the brilliant things that we're doing and probably of interest to your members is that we had to go through a pretty rigorous um, security and privacy assessment to become a, a bank partner. Um, and I think to any small startup out there that's sort of looking at something and partnering with a big company going, oh, it's going to be a big process to undertake. I can say it made us a, a better company. You know, it lifted us to, to levels that, you know, I think we're pretty good. I'd say we're amazing now on that sort of stuff. So um, some brilliant learnings along the way that always happy to share with people um, to make, make, make health tech a bit more sustainable and more safer. That's that's interesting that you say that, and that's great. That's reassuring to hear too. And it's something that often, particularly if we're all busy on a day today, then you get that email that says, oh, you know, can you fill out this 140-page question, 140-question survey that, you know, determines that, you know, you'll be able to pass compliance and all the due diligence every time, you know, uh, people hear the, the due diligence thing, like, oh, there, there goes a couple yeah. of weeks of my time, and then we can just get, get on and do some real work. But like you're saying, that process itself is it then ensures that, you know, some of these things that are already there and it's things you're doing, but then it kind of helps you get to that next level and, and build a better company long-term, which is, which is good for everyone. And, and we were really, um, I'm, what I've found is the questions we got asked in that have meant that when we got to new partners, we could turn that form around mm. in 24 hours because we had it there. It was current. It was ready. Um, we used Notion to keep everything up to date, all linked together, all in one solid spot. Um, and we weren't having convers the conversations aren't about, oh, we have to provide this. The conversation is, yes, we do this. Yes, we've got this. Yes, we do this. And it's given us a cadence internally to be really on our game with this sort yeah. of stuff, um, which is, yeah, I, I think it's been fantastic for us to, to grow up a little bit as a company um, uh, to, to be ready for it. But it's put us in really good stead to move forward. And, and then having the partnership with the bank means that we're always exploring new ways to support practices. Which is which is fantastic because we come at you know I come with it with a practice manager lens, they come with it with a with a with a banking lens. It's actually very different ways to think about it, uh, but we're having some awesome meeting in the middle and finding some great great uh, great ways to support the industry. Yeah, great way to think about it, Chris. Look, I um I hear all the things you're doing and all the great work you're doing in such a like a fast moving and important space around you know, interoperability. We went over 15 minutes without saying interoperability, by the way. So well done to yeah, both. Yeah, I had to learn to say that word the... well because I used to be interoperability. Yeah. Interoperability. It's going to be a pretty, a pretty well-repeated word uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, thinking then about like how, like I always think I'm busy and I've got, you know, multiple priorities, but like it just sounds like you're, you're tenfold on, on me on that one. So tell me then what's going to be, you know, your focus over the next kind of six, 12, what are you really looking forward to, to coming out from all this great work that's, that's um, going on uh, yeah. externally, but also under the hood? Yeah, look for us, um, there's a few things um, that are bubbling away. So we're going to be going live in the dental space. Uh, in the coming months, which is really exciting to be able to reuse that awesome platform we've built to deliver specific metrics for, for the dental industry. Um, as we mentioned before, our Genie product goes to full market um, in the coming weeks. And then a lot of what we're doing at Cubico has been focused on our integration um, to Medicare web services and making life a bit easier in practices um, using that set of tools that are around. And 
we are just deadly focused on whatever might come out of budget night and health reform and all the different documents that are floating around. I know we had a great chat about it at the last summit. Um, we know that as soon as we know that, we're going to have to move quickly. So as a company, we're really focused on putting everything in place to support uh, practices and individual practitioners and individual nurses and individual receptionists through what could be some of the biggest changes that have ever uh, come up in, in primary care. So uh, lots of really exciting stuff to keep us all uh, pretty busy. Yeah. And look, I, I, I'll give another plug for the Medicubes podcast because I know that- I should have done uh, that. I'll be in trouble. Uh, no, no. No, but on, on that point around, you know, all the things that are happening in the in the um, uh, uh, primary care space and for practice managers and what's going to impact in them on a day to day, you, Kim, and Rifka do a great job in taking the the really- complex and the, the need to get, get the hands dirty, but also help put it in context and speak to the right people on, um, you know, understanding where it's at. So it's a great resource for the practice managers and anyone else in primary care to check out. So we'll put yeah, and it links also say a great resource for, for um, a great resource for people who want to know more about primary care. So you might be listening to Talking Health Tech and trying to understand what's happening in primary care and what we're talking about and what's going on. There are some fantastic mm. uh, chats there with practice managers, with people in the industry that will help you quickly understand where the pressure points are. Um, and how you can help. Um, so a great sort of way to get get into knowing what, what's happening. Absolutely. So we'll put the details for the Medicubes podcast, for Cubico, for Halo Connect, for anything else. Yeah. That Chris has <laughs> just follow my so link in and it'll be fine. Your, yeah, I'll just pop it all yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> connect, with, connect with Chris. And uh, looking forward to, to, we'll have to speak um, sooner than 12 months. Otherwise, we'll have to make it a two-part episode next time we'll we put connect, it in the next buddy. But I appreciate, always appreciate your time. And, awesome. Uh, thanks for having to me. Again soon. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks. And I'll even buy you a coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.